What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another 3D Hangout. I'm Noah Ruiz, designer here at Adafruit. Join me every week, Mr. Pedrock. What's going on, everybody? I'm Pedro Ruiz, creative tech here at Adafruit, and every week we come to share 3D printing projects featuring electronics from Adafruit. This is a show where we combine 3D printing, data electronics, smash them together to make inspirational projects. Pedro, coupon code this week. Every week we're not, we have an awesome coupon code for you guys. Use wearable pie during checkout to get 10% off your order. That's right. What's up, everybody in the chat room? We have James Ross. We have ooh some some outsiders. Writers new ping pong training videos. That's and over new. on the Hello. Twitch chat, we have Roto Strike, uh, Hookah Zoot. <laughs> some of your handles Apple, are hard to read, so we apologize. Apple Babies MC. What's going yeah. on, everybody? Hey, We're everybody. Streaming. Hopefully in 1080 this time. Yeah, we're trying to stream in 1080, so the show might be a little bit laggy. We're not sure. What's going on? Give it a w Toll. Hey, guys. Everybody stop by in the chat room on Twitch and YouTube. Say hi. Yeah. No Facebook this week. I, my, my, my little computer just can't handle it. So anyway, uh, same deal as we, we have. We have uh, free shipping for orders that are $200 or more in the 80 Fruit Shop. That's right. We have same-day delivery for the fine folks in New York City. And we got our Adafruit daily newsletter, if you yep. want to sign up. We got wearable tips, 3D printing, maker business, biohacking, and more. So check those out. That's right. Always a great dose of daily tips in yes, sir. inbox. What are you prototyping? We're going to take a look at some stuff we're working on and kind of like a show and tell thing. Yeah, so All we right. can take a look at what is on our workbench and yeah. our 3D printing beds this week. So this week we did this uh, release of this project, which is a wearable Raspberry Pi, title of the show, and also the coupon code. We actually don't do that, where we have the title of the show and the coupon code. Whatever. Um, so this is a fun collab project with uh, Phil Burgess, um, a.k.a. Paint Your Dragon. He wrote a custom shell script uh, for the Raspberry Pi so that it can take, um, so you take photos, time lapses, um, it doesn't, it takes the photos, saves them out as JPEGs onto your SD card, but you have to stitch them together if you want to make a time-lapse video. Which so we actually have a nice tip. Um, everybody was asking, how do we do yeah. our time-lapses? So we'll go over that later in the show. That's right. Uh, the Raspberry Pi, has, the, this is the version 2 um, Pi camera module, which has 8 megapixels, which is a big step up from, I believe, 5 megapixels. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I already forgot the resolution. It's like 30 something like 4K, yeah. something like that. Maybe 3K or 4K, something like that. It's pretty decent. Uh, the image sensor is a Sony IMX uh, 219 or 2912, something like that. Check the spec sheet if you want. Um, we did a little bit of uh, extra add-ons. We added this uh, little, what is it, lens? Fisheye lens. Mm -hmm. So this is a wide-angle lens. Yeah. The fisheye is a little bit bigger. Yeah, but it's from Photo This Jojo. one works without having any distortion. Uh, you do get defocusing on the outer edges yes. of the lens, but... Um, yeah. It works with a simple magnet on the edge of the yeah. thing. Um, so inside, uh, inside there is a power boost, uh, 500C and a 500 milliamp LiPo battery, which uh, connects to um, 5 volt pin on the GPIO of the Pi Zero. Uh, the camera connector is a little bit different. It's not like the regular camera connector. You need the special smaller, camera yeah. connector that's specifically designed for the Pi Zero because it has a little bit of a smaller camera connector. Um, we also have an LED. You want to turn it on? You can turn it on. So we have a slide switch turned on. It'll it'll quickly, quickly, right, quote unquote. It, it maybe takes like uh, 20 seconds or so. So the red light turns on, let you know, okay, it's on. This uh, LED, it's an LED sequin, so it has the, um, the surface mount resistor already on the little, tiny little LED. And that just hooks up to one of the GPIO pins. And what it'll do is every time it takes a photo, the, the LED will flash for a bit. 
uh, depending on uh, whatever uh, wake-up time you have. Um, so it's pretty cool. Um, there's a button on the bottom. Do you want to show that button off? See that little white slim button? That is a safe power mode. You must safely shut it off so, it, so the button is wired into one of the GPIOs and in the shell script it is uh, configured to uh, basically run the, um, the safe shutdown command. Yeah, the pseudo shutdown. So that, see how it flashes really bright? That just took a photo. And I have the interval set to, I believe, eight seconds. So every eight seconds, or maybe five seconds, it'll take a photo. And you have complete control over the resolution of the photo, ISO, f-stop, shutter speed. Um, there's all sorts of exposure modes. There is a lot of um, settings that you can configure um, that is built into the Raspi still uh, function that we're using in the, in the shell script. So let's take a quick look at uh, the code. If I can go to it, here we go. Quick look at the code. There's YouTube. So in the guide, learn that adafruit.com slash raspberry pi wearable time lapse camera, uh, we have a ready to go image that has all the stuff pre-compiled. It's uh, Jesse Light, I believe, Raspbian Jesse Light. So it's a small image. It's like 300, 400 megabytes. So that's really nice. You just burn it to your SD card. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. There's some, some little things you got to look out for, like how many, um, how many photos can you take? That depends on your SD card and your partition, but you can make it bigger. You can, we also have it set up if you manually want to set up, if you have some extra stuff in your, in your already existing um, image, then you can just apply it. So here's the script uh, in, in this area here. Is it, can I copy it? Yeah, there you go. So the intervals are set here, 15 seconds by default. This is all the default stuff, so please go in there and modify it to your liking. So 15 seconds is the default. You don't want to go any lower than two seconds just because of processor stuff. Yeah. <laughs> width and height is how big you want it. I recommend bumping this up to 1920 or the full resolution, which I forget at the moment, but it's pretty big. It's like 3000 or something. Quality, I have mine set to 100, which is uncompressed, but this will compress it for you. You can do the compression later. I would recommend setting it to 100. This is where it saves it, so in your boot, uh, folder and your main boot. Uh, you have a time-lapse folder. If you don't have that folder, it'll automatically make one for you. And, and there's some smart code here that makes it so that um, if you stop, if you shut down the camera and start again, it'll just uh, go off of that same sequential number. So it names it like 0001, 2, 3, so on, so on, so forth. And then you have uh, the halt button. Where is the GPIO GP 21 is where the halt button is uh, wired to. Uh, GPIO pin number, not pin number, but GPIO number five is where the LED is uh, wired into. So you're free to change that as well, but the defaults are there. And then right here, this is the Raspi still function. So uh, this is like number, this is the width, this is, these are just little variables. And then this is where you can add your ISO. This is all default right now. If you don't have ISO exposure and uh, shutter stop, it'll just automatically try to figure out the best thing. Though I have found that if you uh, go outside and try to use the auto settings, it doesn't do this, that good of a job. So you do want to um, play around with some of the settings, uh, play around with the exposure. All of the um, all the features and stuff are documented on the RaspberryPi.org/documentation site, so you can check that out. I don't think we have it linked here, but we probably should. I'll see if we can get that in there soon. Um, but other than that, that's pretty uh, simple and straightforward. Yeah. There's also a guide here on how to uh, resize your, uh, your Pi Boots partition, if you'd like. But that's, uh, in a nutshell, the script, how it works. And um, let's take a look now at some time lapses that I've taken. Uh, this one here. So this one's uh, outside in the sun. Uh, this was an interval of eight seconds. So obviously, you know, the clouds are moving fast because there's just more of a... Uh, Come on, more of a more time between the photos for the for the clouds to take place. Um, there's white balance as well. There's auto white balance that you can set or manually setting. I found manually setting the white balance is a little bit uh, not hard, but it's not it's not like how I'm used to setting a white balance. Like I just set a Kelvin number, like 50 mm -hmm. or 43,000 Kelvins. This one's like RGB. What do you want for your RGB? And I'm like I don't know. So I leave that out. I just make it auto white balance, and then I set the mode to sunny. They have different modes. They have like sunny and uh, snow and 
indoor, outdoor, all these different types of modes. So again, you, you want to play with that. But these are some killer clouds. Um, you know, depending on what you print the enclosure, or even if you, you don't have to make an enclosure, but if you do make the enclosure and you do want to get some time lapses like outdoors, make sure you're not in the direct sunlight. I did do it in the, in the direct sunlight and it melted my case because it's PLA, low, low, low temperature, and I borked my case. The components are fine, but the, the enclosure yeah. just couldn't withstand. So we the, definitely uh, recommend printing this in ABS if you plan on shooting in the hot sun. In the direct <laughs> sunlight, yeah. So, you know, lots of different use cases. I don't know what you guys will do with it. You'll, you'll come up with a good use for it. Um, the whole wearable narrative clip thing is kind of not that practical because, like, you know, you're uh, around. You're, if you're just looking at a computer all day, then you're just going to see, like, fuzzy images and stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Um, One thing we do have to point out, too, is that it's a little bit difficult to set up your auto um, settings uh, when you're going from indoors to outdoors. The image quality, yeah, the exposure is going to be totally Philby's off. I think Philby's working on something uh, to, to alleviate that. But we'll we we figured mean, out what good indoor settings are and outdoor settings. We just need to be able to switch between those yeah. based on what the exposure Maybe is. Maybe I'll do a tutorial like outside of this video where it, it talks about um, some things that I found. Mm -hmm. I think that might be useful. But if anything, you'll learn a lot about um, you know camera settings. Yeah, so how cool. it, you'll uh, especially appreciate how the software in most modern oh um, camera God. software is really smart because it is a ton of stuff that you have to change inside there. Yeah. So um, mm -hmm. the little lens, uh, you can get these like on Alibaba or head over to yeah. Photo Jojo um, to get these a little snap-on magnetic. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it, it does have a focal length of 35 millimeters. You do have to change so that, yeah. It's really close up, right? Isn't that really close? And uh, the, the focus is, I believe, set to infinity, or maybe mm -hmm. not so much. You have to take some like, little uh, needle nose tweezers to adjust the camera on it. So you yeah. just have to be very careful. I haven't that. done that yet, but I did it with another, the older Pi camera module for my, uh, my, my printer bot OctoPrint rig setup. I did it for that, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Let us know. Oh yeah, you know, some things about the case, uh, we needed to have access to the SD card so you can easily remove it, so that's why there's a big opening there so you can remove it. It doesn't pop out, you have to manually pull it out. Yeah. Uh, there is, uh, right below that is the power boost USB port, so you can charge your Just battery. It'll, it'll last about two hours, I believe. Give or take. And then on the bottom there's the slide switch and... Doo -doo -doo. The, the safe shutdown button. To so shut down, you have to hold the button down for like two or three seconds, which is pretty cool, because then you won't accidentally hit it and power it down. And then, of course, you have to wait until it powers down completely to, uh, to turn off the slide switch so you can turn off the, the, the power boost. Yeah. Some questions in the chat. Um, they want to know how JPEGs are converted to video, to the yes. streamer, right? So you want to jump right into that real quick? Yeah, let's, go let's do it. All right. So in this specific one, Pedro is using Premiere Pro, but it should probably oh, be the no, same. Oh no, 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 uh, no! I think they're talking about the processing. Um, how do? How does the? Oh, maybe they are talking about that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Well, we'll show that at com coming up in the shop talk. We'll uh, finish up what we're prototyping. Yeah. Um, so just question specific to this project. People are asking. Um, What else? Lander needs a cat. <laughs> oh, they want to know. Uh, Apple Babies MC is uh, wondering if we write all the code or Phil B does. Oh, nope. Phil D Phil does. B yeah, does all of the code. Yeah, comes. we're we're more the designers. We we make the enclosures and uh, do a little bit of the um, the so guide. We'll, we'll like we'll take photos of, of wiring and soldering. Video, yeah. yeah. So uh, most of the big projects like this, Lamar will come up with an idea. Um, Phil B executes the code, executes the code, and then we and then figure out how to design. cram it into a little case. <laughs> so, do, like the script for it, yeah. do the video. But Phil B does some great designs as well. He's definitely yeah. a, a good CAD designer as well. Mm -hmm. but, but to you know, sort of speed up workflow and to get these projects out fast. Yeah, and, yeah we like to delegate work. There you across go. the the whole team. Uh oh, it's all blurry. No. no. So, yep, this is totally all go. Phil B here. Yeah, Mr. Phil B. Code. Yeah, but you could also use um, the MPEG streamer uh, GitHub. Uh, on GitHub, there's a, there's, a, there's a repository called MPEG streamer, which will stream live 
um, video footage from the Pi Cam. I was playing with that first before I got hands on Philby's code, and I was like, this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. and, and MJPEG Streamer is what Octoprint uses uh, to stream a live video feed uh, from the Rise Pi camera or USB camera to, uh, to your Octoprint uh, rig, to your, uh, yeah, your server thing. People are asking on the YouTube chat, and uh, Tho is asking, how do they add a safe shutdown switch to Raspberry Pi 3? Yeah, oh, to Raspberry Pi 3? Yeah. I would imagine it's the same way as any other Raspberry Pi. There is a script that is, uh, I forget where it goes, but there's a script. <laughs> um, yeah. Read up on, uh, on and learn.adafruit.com. I think there is a god on, guide on how to do that. And then people are asking if we, sh uh, we should add the little um, bendable little flap for Oh, yeah. I think case. Yanni added, it, uh, he added a, um, a comment, Mr. Yanni, here in the chat room. Um, yes, that would be a good idea. Um, you know, we just figured we'd do it easy. Um, you might have to rearrange like where the clip is, for example. Yeah. Because uh, where I positioned everything. But you know what? I need to release the the, uh, the Fusion 360 file. I forgot mm -hmm. to do that. Just the STLs, but yep, yeah, you'll be able to remix it. Um, that's a good point. If you want it a little bit more splash resistant, not mm -hmm. waterproof, but splash water resistant, yeah. uh, I would cover up those ports. You can also see the ports are uh, open here for uh, just for you know. You might as well, yeah. You might as well put them. You might want to add a, a Wi-Fi dongle or something if you want to access it through Wi-Fi. I don't know. So I gave people the freedom to access the ports. Yeah. Cool. Cool. You want to guys? Do you guys want to take a look at Premiere Pro? Let's take a look at Premiere Pro, huh? Pedro, run it away. Uh, actually, we're still on. <laughs> what are we working on segment? But yeah, that's. Oh. We can go on that. So a lot of questions Sorry. were coming in for this week's time lapse. The castle. Um, how do we do all the panning and zooming? So we're just using Premiere inside of our uh, for all of our projects here, and all we do is just import it. Uh, click on the little image sequence, and it imports all of our JPEGs and just turns it into a video clip. So on the side here, we are just adjusting the scale and the position of all those, and we're just setting keyframes. So when I start everything, I go to the beginning, and I. Uh, set my keyframes on what the first uh, frame and position is going to be. So I'll just click on those there. And I'll just move a little bit in time until we see something that we like. And then I just uh, adjust the scale and the, the, the position. And you can uh, also click on the little motion uh, button there if you want to actually just freely move the frame around. And for the interpolation, um, the, the temporal uh, interpolation, I just click on the ease out, which gives you a really nice smooth, uh, uh, like Bezier curve for that. Mm. So it's not completely smooth, but you can adjust your keyframes around. You can spread them apart until you get a very smooth um, movement of your camera there. So uh, you can do that to the beginning as well. You just click on the ease out, and that shall um, sort of ramp into it and then ramp out. As you can see there. Smooth pan, extreme zoom. <laughs> and then to get an even smoother uh, motion there, you just increase the, um, the length of the time lapse, or the uh, keyframe. the keyframes for that. So you can just freely move those around until you get something that you like. You can do a little preview on that. And then if you're going to add even more keyframes to that, all you do is just click on those, uh, move into a certain position that you want. Uh, to focus on and just adjust those and one of the things that may mess up are your keyframes that are in the middle for that so to smooth those guys out um, you'll want to reset the keyframes that are in the middle so you don't have like a weird jerking motion on that and I'll show you here just in a minute uh, you always want to preview all of your uh, motion movements to make sure that everything's good so you just go to your uh, temporal interpolation, reset that back to linear, and then set those to um, a Bezier curve, continuous Bezier, so that it smooths out the, um, the curves for that. So have a nice, smooth, in-between keyframe for all those. And so you could do this inside of After Effects or Premiere. And um, I just use Premiere just because it takes a step out of having to render out your footage. Cool. 
And that's pretty much it. All you're doing is setting up the keyframes, moving your positions around, setting your scale, and making sure that there isn't any funky movement for cool. um, your motion there. All right, and as far as the camera and camera settings, is there anything you want to share with that? Uh, actually, that was the first thing we were going to look at. That's why <laughs> you yep. kind of jumped into it. Yeah, uh, I jumped the gun. Is that yeah. what you say? Jumped mm -hmm. the gun? Because now we got to go back to <laughs> Yeah. Is this is this through? Do you want to? No, so another thing that we do to set um, how what the length of a print was, we don't actually look at what Octoprint oh. says. We don't look at what the printer says. Um, not even what Simplify 3D says, because all those time estimations are always off. Um, the thing that we can really trust is by looking at the timestamp of our footage. So if we take a look at um, your files, you can see when it started and when it ended by uh, visually looking at it. And because some time lapses last a couple of days, you know, it's a little uh, difficult to figure out what um, the timing on that was. So I just use Wolf, uh, Wolfram Alpha and just type in the date and the time on there and it gives me a time span of how long, exactly how long that is because you don't have anything weird, uh, weird like having, you know, did it actually count down while the bed was still heating up? You can physically, you know, visually see um, when it actually started and when it stopped. Cool. And in terms of this one, you can see here it was like uh, 64 minutes. But it, when you come down with something like the the castle, which took like three days or mm. 58 hours, because you know you you started at a weird time, like at night, and it finishes like in the morning, and you're not you know there to see it finish. You mm. can see the exact time that it started and stopped. Cool. So we just use the time uh, the timestamp for the files that are created for the time lapse. Yeah. So make sure your your camera has the right timestamp. Some of them might say 1967. Yeah. All right. You want to so, go back to that? So we're just using a little GoPro Hero uh, three uh, blacks. Um, we've got two of these for all of the um, prints that we have to do here, and then some of the settings that we use. If you want to turn that down. Sure. Let's do that. Boop. Boop. A bit more. And yeah, Super so we're dark. just using 60 seconds for the interval, and you can change that depending on how long the estimate time for those are going to be. So it's usually 30 or 60 seconds. And if we go into our settings, you can take a look at, uh, we're just using the 12 uh, megapixel uh, setting, the wide for that, so you can zoom into um, all of the details on your images using single, and for your capture settings, uh, I like turning the spot meter off just in case there's weird exposure um, changes. changes. Yeah, like remove a light or if we open up a window or something like that, you're not going to have weird shifting in light. And then inside of your LCD control, because you don't, if you're going to have a time lapse run for like three days, you don't want to burn up your LCD. It has the, especially these CD, uh, LCD screens can um, sort of burn an image in there. So you want to have it turn off after 60 seconds. And then uh, you also want to make sure that your time is correct. So you right. just want to make sure uh, that's always up to date. And that's pretty much it. Um, turn off Wi-Fi, turn off Bluetooth on these devices. If it has it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The battery life lasts about you know two hours, so you have to have these plugged into uh, the wall. And it's just regular USB to plug these guys <laughs> in. And that should be it. We're just using um, a regular case. You know, you can 3D print one or um, they're like six bucks on Amazon and like super okay. bendy. Yeah, yeah. And a tripod, that's it really. And then if you're, for a lot of the detail stuff too, like the, um, the milling stuff, we use the um, Canon 5D and uh, Canon 7Ds too. And we just use an intervalometer for that. Wow. And we're just using the, um, this is like a $10 one that you can get. Okay. And pretty much the same settings, yeah, 60. Um, turn off the little beeping noise that it makes. Sure. Have the frame set to infinity, if you can see that or not. I kind of see it there. And the, um, the, what's it called? The uh, initial or the d delay for each one is like, you know, 10 seconds or 60 seconds, depending on how long the time last is going to last. There is going to last. And that's is there any it. focusing stuff you have to look out for with the GoPro? Maybe for the GoPro, it's pretty automatic. So yeah, I forget what the focusing, but automatic. not so close because yeah. it will be out. Can't of do focus. macros. Can't do macros so with these. Maybe six inches away or something. Yeah, something like that. Six inches. That's pretty Shocker. much it. All right, cool. Well, 
again, um, tips. <laughs> Just catching up on the chat here, folks. If you have, if you guys have any questions about that, um, maybe Pedro can do a longer video on just that. Yeah, that's some folks up. like to uh, to like want to know more about uh, getting nice time lapses. There's some software stuff to know about and some hardware stuff to know about. Okay. Um, any true? I guess let's keep on moving on different yeah. things. Or prototyping. Prototypes. You've been working on milling out some simple projects with the hey, other. Hey, look at that! The other mill, the other mill pro. I'm giving it. I'm running it through its paces, as they say. So um, I tried out milling some some PCBs, and I also tried milling out some simple um, face plates. I guess you can call them face plates in acrylic. So this is a face plate, quick, an easy one. Kind of learning how to uh, set the G-code up um, using Fusion 360 to make some processes like pockets and contours and stuff like that. So this is just a simple uh, acrylic faceplate for the Adafruit Pi TFT, the 2.2 inch version. And yeah, just a simple little case thing or faceplate. And I'm just learning um, Fusion 360. Uh, the cam tools in Fusion 360 are very powerful, very extensive, and there's a lot to learn there. So that's what I'm doing, yeah. Cool. Um, yep, I'm planning to do some more milling and stuff. And Pedro is working on a nice cool one here. Yeah, so we've got some very powerful neodymium uh, magnets in the shop. And Phil had an idea of making these cool little bottle strip holders to make space in your fridge. So it was like a Kickstarter they saw um, a couple years back that was successfully funded. So we were able to you know, sort of not, you know, uh, like sort of, you know, like uh, since it's always it's already been funded, we, we're not sort of, you know, like really, you know, kind of stealing the idea. Are you beating around the bush? <laughs> yeah. We're ripping your idea, bro. No, it's, it's so easy to do with like three printing and magnets. Try it out yeah. yourself. I mean, yeah, it's not patented. I don't think. Yeah, and you're so not you can selling just, this. So yeah, no. You're just making, so you can you're use 3D printing it. or just um, what is this CNC? Thing? I don't even know what this and is. And all it does is just hold your bottle. So super strong. And you know it can withstand a lot of force yeah. on there. So, so yeah, this is a strip. This is going to be a long. Yeah, so strip. we'll turn this it's into a strip not... and um, attach to the roof of your fridge, so you can just make um, the a inside lot of room. roof of your fridge. Yes. Yeah. So nice little simple project for um, practical every you know, everyday uh, uses around the house with yeah. food printing and magnets. space saving. Yeah, it's so. like an infomercial project. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? So nice. Super simple. Little These one are there. magnets that we carry in the shop. We only carry one size, and this size is perfect for this project. Yeah, so we usually pretty have thick, to right? hunt down different magnets uh, over at K and J Magnets. Yeah. Um, went through, I think, like three different styles until I figured out that we had these really good ones in the shop so already. The ones to use. Yeah. So these are a half inch diameter, mm. um, three fourths thick, and um, kind of look at them there. I don't nice know strong. what any of those half-inch things mean on <laughs> metric, so I don't so yeah, know. We'll uh, release a project for this next week, actually. Cool. Okay. Cool. All right. You want to do Lair Blair next? Yeah. All right, Just you want to tweet about it? I think I saw a question real quick, guys. Let me see if I can answer it real quick. Ping Pong is saying, can you briefly comment on the question? What was your question? Ping Pong, here it is. Hey guys, off topic question. Uh, any suggestions on a very tiny mo motion sensor for tracking movement of swinging something? So Tony D is actually working on this. He wants to make a doorbell uh, using this exact same setup. And oh, then, cool. uh, yeah, but that's like software, right? Isn't it open CV? Software, yeah. With the Raspi camera? Mm -hmm. That might be an option, but he's looking for a simple sensor. Mm. Um, you might want to just try looking for um, projects on the Adafruit Learning System that um, just type in um, motion sensor, and I believe we have a couple things. Uh, I think there's like a, like a Halloween candy dish that uses a simple proximity sensor. Um, I believe there are. Um, Lots of different little uh, like robotic arms or robotic uh, little cars that use proximity sensors that like would detect if there's a wall. So you might be able to to leverage some of those projects or the code in those projects too. So give that a try. But I have myself have not done any projects with motion sensing yet. <clears throat> Hope that helps. Okay. Cool. 
Cool. Elizabeth says there's lots of accelerometers in the shop. You might be able to use a tilt switch depending on your application. That is a that is like the poor man's um, sensor. Yes, it's a good one. Okay. You look at magnets, Pedro. Yes, we put a uh, link to the magnets on there and seeing if they oh, carry no. them here too. All right. Well, yeah, it's uh, I can always get lost in a K and J magnets. They have so many fancy ones there. Sure can. <laughs> All right. Um, did you tweet the thing? Yeah, start it. Cool. All right, so I'm going to do Lair now, guys. So uh, earlier, was it last week? I think it was last week, wasn't it? Or was it this week? Making Twisty Tops, yeah. Yeah, don't show it yet. So I um, uh, got a couple comments, uh, very constructive comments on things to look out for when you're using coils uh, to make custom threads, uh, mostly about having it at the bottom of your uh, cap so that it is uh, so that it actually threads into the uh, the twisty top. So I figured out a cool way, uh, a different way, and using coils, but using two coils instead of using one, and then subtracting away from your cap. Um, so starting off with the same cylinder, this is like 50 millimeters in diameter. Uh, start off with a cylinder, and here is the coil that I have set up, and it's just a, a two uh, revolutions. Uh, it has the diameter of 54, and that's because uh, my section size, right, the size of the coil is, um, is 4. So if you add that to your diameter, you actually get this really nice uh, coil that, that wraps only on the surface of the outside of the cylinder that you're working with. Um, the height is set to 12 and um, some other things, I forgot. So if you make your second coil and you use the same settings, so 54 diameter, two revolutions, same height of 12, but in the, uh, in the profile uh, or the section type, you make it an internal triangular, so it's going in, inwards, right? And the other one's going outwards. So you can see it's, it's, it's the exact same shape. And then if you just move it down, you can see how it can intertwine into itself. So it's like these two triangles that are pointing to each other, but they're intertwining with themselves. So this makes a really, uh, really nice uh, thread. So you can see at the bottom there how it intertwines with itself. Because they're pretty much the same settings, you know, just the different profile section, um, but the same diameter. Um, let's see, what do I do next? <laughs> so then at this point you can create your second cylinder, which is supposed to be like the top that, go, that, cup that goes over the first cylinder. Um, your shell, when you create a shell, should be around the same diameter of the outer part of the, of the coil. And then you can combine it so that you have your cap that has the, the, has the, um, the external uh, coil and then um, the, the inner <laughs> the inner cylinder that has the other coil. So when you do a section analysis to see through the thing, you can see how they, uh, how they kind of um, lock into each other. Now, what I found is you do want to have a tolerance there, uh, distance between the two, so you actually want to have like a, a little bit bigger of a diameter in your coil and your cap. Uh, about point, you know, half of a millimeter to a full millimeter. Point two is just not enough, I found. Oh. I, I did print this out and tried it out. Uh, so let's take a look at that now. That's pretty much it for the, uh, for the CAD type of it. So, you know, the takeaway here is using two coils instead of subtracting from one. So let's go to the overhead now. So here it is 3D printed, a little bit smaller. So this has a diameter of 20 millimeters and the section size is not four, it's actually two millimeters. So uh, if you zoom into it, Pedro, like show it up a little bit closer. Maybe it'll focus, maybe not. Let me see if I can get that. You can see how the quality, oh wow, that's great. You can see how the quality is a little bit, uh, a little bit muddy or something. You, know, you, you might want to print this out at 100 microns. This is 200. But you can see in the inside of the cap, there is that coil. It's not a subtraction, it is an additive coil. And then uh, it's in the middle of the, it's in the middle of the cylinder. The position-wise, it's in the, the the height in the middle of the height of the uh, of the cylinder. So uh, I think this is a better way than I showed in the first tutorial, which was earlier this week. And then I just added a little sort of uh, gear-looking shape uh, to the bottom, so you have a better grip on it. This works out really well. The tolerance here was actually 0.5, or maybe it was a millimeter, which seems like a lot, but actually not. So there's like a little bit of leeway when you're. Can you feel the the uh, yeah, when it, when you the leeway, in, right? yeah, when you put it in. 
like right there, like do you feel that? Mm -hmm. You guys probably hear that too. But when you tighten it up, that thing is like, it's locked into place, man. That thing is locked, right? Like there's oh, yeah. no leeway. So that works really well. Um, so yeah, I think this will be really cool for project enclosures or maybe you have like a big project, maybe like a, maybe you're making a cosplay staff or something or a staff for cosplay and you want to be able to break it down. This is a cool way to do that. Um, yeah. Great. You'll see this type of thread in, in all sorts of bottles. Uh, your water bottle to your spray bottle to, I don't know, other things. Yeah. Good. So it's cool. Like it. Coils. Use them. <laughs> that's that's all I got. Somebody is asking, do we have Fusion 360, a, a library of um, Adafruit parts? Yeah, I wish. We, uh, I think there's a way to do that. I have to look into it more. I've had that question quite a bit. Now I really have to find out how to do it because I know um, I think we have to make a separate folder inside of all of our projects and right. just save them out yeah have that I'm gonna entire talk with, folder I'm gonna I'm gonna add, I'm gonna ping Tyler Steen who works at Autodesk to see if there's a way to do it I, I there's got to be a way to do it because there's a McMaster library where it has all the screws and nuts mm -hmm. and bolts so I'm sure there's a way to do it we just have to sit down and actually do it so I'm gonna maybe I'll turn that into the project itself like here's how to make your library mm -hmm. that's the only way I can have time to do stuff if I dedicate it to an actual project yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, I'll do that good question someone's it's not asking, here today but it's certainly possible yeah someone's asking um, can we get a watertight seal this way I have not tried any water we'll try to do that yeah yeah let's see if it works Fill some water up. Maybe a science experiment. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's watertight. Someone else is asking, can they use the Noir, uh, no IR camera? Yes, with it, it is listed in the guide. Filters? Yeah, it is listed in the guide as a as an option. There's also like a spy camera, which is like super small. Yeah, definitely, definitely capable. Okay. So that was Lerbelaire. Not what you're prototyping, but this happens to be there. The little thing. Mm -hmm. I need to get rid of that. Um, Next cool. up is Shop Talk. Yeah, real quick, interlude, inner something. Where am I? That's a coupon code. 10% off. off. Good for anything in the shop, not just 3D printing, but anything other than software and to give us certificates. Yep, expires at 11.59 p.m. tonight, so definitely take advantage of that. Yep, support the show, support the team and mm -hmm. company. Toot toot. All, All right. right, let's take a look at Shop Talk for this week. I have a slide. Shop talk. All right, jump into the Sigma. Yeah, so we're still testing out the very cool independent extruder, uh, dual extruder Sigma. Quick, quick, the, quick, it, the video's the rolling. at uh, BCN 3D quick. Tech. What are you doing here? So um, we were having problems with retraction where the filament would get stuck between the heat break and the heat block. And um, they were suggesting adding some thermal paste. So we're just taking a look at how to do that in case anybody who already has one um, needs to do this. Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty simple to disassemble the uh, extruder on here. Just want to make sure that you take all of the filament out. So we just heated it to 180 and made sure that there wasn't any filament inside there. Because when it cools down, it's definitely going to um, you know, prevent you from uh, taking the threads out. So you heat it up and then you lightly uh, twist on the, the nozzle there so we can remove the fins from the heat break. And actually Kirby was commenting, why can't you just heat it up and take the nozzle out while it's still on there? Well, the way that these are mounted, it's kind of you know surrounded by the, 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 housing? the housing on that. So um, pretty simple to disassemble. It's just you know standard 2.5 mil um, threads on there you just take off or screws that you take out and then you can see the way that it's just sandwiched in there so you know, sort of squeeze in there's a so you got to heat it up and then quickly take it out to um, remove the fins from the heat break don't touch the heat break which is actually what i do here oh, okay so if you don't have a f uh, m5 bolt you can use 1132 um, ratchet to remove that and yeah that was still hot definitely <laughs> burnt my fingers there <laughs> oh man so yeah, this is the threads on the um, heat break is where you want to add the Arctic Silver number five in this case to transfer heat all the way up to there because it, the fans do a really good job of cooling it down. And here I just demonstrate what's going on. It cools down 
right in that area. Oh, it's so tight in there. Pre yeah, preventing, and it makes a little blob so it can yeah. no longer push through. So you want the heat transfer um, so that it can melt um, when it's in that area. So, so we just... Okay, what is Arctic Silver? So it has, it's a thermal paste that has okay. silver, part, silver particles inside there. So it's able to transfer the heat all the it's way up It's not a there. glue, is it? No, it's like a paste. Okay. <clears throat> cool. So we just That's spread paste. that. Yeah, so we're just spreading that onto the threads. And um, yeah, I've been in contact with uh, uh, BCN3D and um, it's they're either- They're on the case? Yeah, they're on the case. <laughs> they're doing this to all of their nozzles. We just want to make sure that all of those are on there before we stock them in the store. And they are um, you know, telling the customers uh, if they can to go ahead and do this. Yeah. If not, they'll replace it for you, hopefully. Uh, definitely get Shout in out to with them. them. Yeah. And, and maybe they'll hook you up. But uh, we're not sure if it's like a, a something that's covered with the. Is there a warranty with the they machine? Do have a warranty, okay, yeah. cool. So there it is. Pedro just used a glove to spread it across those threads. Mm -hmm. And we're just applying it back on there. So they do mention That's that you cool. want to put it on both, but I just didn't have an M5 uh, bolt to uh, unscrew from the other side. But this mm. seemed to work in the meantime while they send over more nozzles. Yeah. So uh, I think we have another. Yeah, I do right here. Boop. Clip there. So we just uh, reassemble that back the way that it was. All right. Look at that. This tells you how much time is remaining in the video. Isn't that cool? Oh, cool. Yeah, you can go to the next clip. All right, let's do it. Basically just reassembling it. Reassemble it, and here are the results. This is the MPR case that's still extruded with uh, PLA that's conductive. It's mm -hmm. from Protopasta, and uh, just some uh, white a a PLA that came with the BCN Sigma. Yeah, so we still got to tweak some of the temperatures on there so yeah. we don't Look have so much oozing. Yeah. So much ooze. But it did a pretty good job. Yeah. You want to switch over to the overhead? Okay. All right, let's do it. Here we go. We have the conductive filament uh, merged in with regular PLA, and these are just the buttons for the uh, NPR radio. Yeah, a lot cleaner than the Flash Forge Creator Pro. I may have, I may have, may have not have. Yeah, I did show you guys. Yeah, I was using coffee PLA and conductive PLA um, on the Flash Forge when I first was doing the project. It just wouldn't work too well. Yeah, like there's way too much bleeding where I don't think the uh, I should have ran a multimeter to it to actually test continuity, but uh, I was just like, this thing looks ugly, so I just didn't do that. But this one's a lot cleaner. There's still a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of bleeding spill or something, yeah, bleeding. But I have yet to test it out again because uh, it, it happened like what yesterday it finished. Yeah. So and the standoffs are nice and strong, so I'm very yeah. happy about that. There is no skipping on the walls, so yeah. this is a apart. tough print, man. Yeah, we, we've maybe tried <laughs> 50 plus times trying to print this thing. Yeah, and it wasn't settings. It was a hardware problem. Yeah, well, so we'll continue testing this guy out, doing more dual prints. And um, yeah, it's looking good so far. That's right. I mean, this is ideally what we want to do is to have uh, some uh, some materials that really take advantage of the properties. In this case, it's conductive material, so conductive plastic mm -hmm. makes great touch buttons, and that's what this is. If you guys are seeing this for the first time, this is a radio with uh, with touch buttons. Yeah, you just touch the button and it plays radio. Oh, cool. Yeah, moving on. That was like two weeks ago, project or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're still trying to get a good. Because uh, ultimately what we did, we just printed them separately and then you just like kind of press them into place. Yeah, which is no fun if nah. you, you have you know, yeah, dual, dual printer. That's what you want to do. You want to fuse yeah. these these uh, these uh, different types of materials together. Exactly. So, pretty cool. All right. All right. That is the first part of Shop Talk. What else do we got? Want to do the CAD stuff? Did you guys hear that uh, Eagle CAD, CADsoft, was purchased by Autodesk? Pretty cool. Well, I mean, not a big surprise, but um, ever-growing portfolio of yeah. Three we'll see what this happens. Yeah. Um, Phil PT reached out to somebody there at Eagle CAD uh, with some interview questions. So hopefully, you will see an exclusive interview with uh, with the folks at uh, Eagle CAD. Mm -hmm. What are their plans? We want to know. All right, pretty excited because um, hopefully they integrate this into Fusion and um, yeah, I would love to see some integration. Uh, somebody in the chat a, the, a couple of weeks ago said, "Hey, he's, he's working on a Python script to get oh, EagleCAD yeah. to Fusion." Um, I, I'm interested in that as well. Okay, cool. Cool. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's Q and A. All right, and then and then uh, community makes. Yep.
All right, we're going to answer your questions here, folks. Um, but first up, we have some queued up questions that we have in the in the previous week. It's this one, right? Yeah. There we go. First question is from Aiden uh, Cowie. Hey, why did they <laughs> on the register your drone video that we did? Uh, why did they start as soon as quadcopters became a thing? What about planes? Yeah. So um, <laughs> what about airplanes? What yeah, about this all guys? started because everybody, you know, flying around emergencies when fires are happening, and you know, flying around airports and pretty much just flying recklessly, um, having them fall yeah. out of the sky onto people. That's when very small percent of people who get these drones yeah. are doing them, not for malicious, but for like just kind of like egg-headed, like I don't know. Mm -hmm. There were even like, some people commenting on there, like, "Oh, I fly without." you know, being that jerk guy who's making it, you know, all terrible for everybody else who's actually following directions. Right. So don't be that guy. <laughs> right. So that's that's why all these laws are now in place. Um, that happens. Sebastian wants to know uh, if uh, he can flip the pie and the pie TFT at an 80 degrees in the in the pie girl case so that you can have access to the headphone jack and the HDMI jack. Um, yeah, he said he made the adjustments in the Fusion 360 file, but he's curious what I think of the idea. Um, I think, well, the thing is that the way that the the Pi TFT is designed, the the actual external header for the Raspberry Pi ribbon cable is actually positioned in a way where it 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 can only go through a certain way. It can only go this way, right? Which is the way I have it there. I wanted it originally to be where I had access to all those ports, but um, the ribbon cable kind of is in the way. So, I mean, uh, you can tediously resolder at a different angle create your own cable, wires, yeah. but then you have to like, you know, they have to go through the edges mm -hmm. and that'll cover up your USB port, your Ethernet yeah. port. So you kind of, you're kind of limited here. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible. Right. It's, it'd be kind of difficult. So if you have the parts in front of you, you'll get what I'm, what I'm saying where uh, you know, the ribbon cable is just, it only goes that one way. I can't yeah. flip it around or anything. So. Next up. Yeah, that's that's the deal. Okay, next one is from John Paul Hoffman. Uh, it's a pilot registration, not a drone registration. It's a comment, actually, not a question. Yeah, um, so this was uh, specifically covering hobby flying. Um, if you want to fly commercially, you do have to get a pilot in control certificate, which right. I am going to go for. Oh. Um, so uh, Brandy, my wife's um, grandpa, granddad, grandpa. is a pilot and he's going to be teaching um, the certifications for those. So uh, He's going to teach you? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I'm going to go to the class uh, where he teaches He's going to fly a drone. We'll just be certified to fly commercially. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, going to be the 107 um, section uh, for that. <clears throat> Just yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, hopefully uh, that answers your comment. <laughs> I don't know. Next comment is uh, from t uh, 2 h Instructionals. It looks like they're using a stepper motor for the skateboard. Oh, last week we talked about a skateboard, Pedro. Oh, yeah. It's actually how we shot this week's um, Pi video. So it's for us, it's basically like a like nice steady slider. cam, yeah, steady it's cam. Steady cam. Sure. No, it's it's a fun <laughs> ride and it doubles as uh, equipment for, for video for shooting for work. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's cool. a giant motor that's yeah. just on the wheel. Is it a stepper? I don't know. Uh, I don't it's know. It's a giant motor. Maybe it is. Um, uh, check out Evolve if you're interested. Yeah, EvolveSkateboards.com. Maybe there's a maybe there's a yeah, breaking down. We're looking at getting the new these. one, but they're just completely sold out. Yeah, new one just came out. Yep. Okay. All right. There you go. Next one's from Christopher. Um, he has a suggestion. How about making a Star Trek, uh, the next generation communicator, Bluetooth, that vibrates when you get a notification on your phone? He likes the one that we did for the original uh, series, um, but he thinks this one would be a lot more practical. Yep, so practical that it's already in the list for when uh, code is written up for that. So cool. we'll definitely take a look at yeah. that. We'll once, get to uh, it. Once we can, yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll make it smaller too. Yeah, we'll get a giant list of projects we gotta get through. Yes. Huh. All right, it's in the works. Keep calm and play F-N-A-A-F. -A -A uh, does this work with the solid doodle? He wants to know if a bamboo wood filament will work with a, a 3D doodler. You know what we have? Um, it's not a 3D doodler. It's an air pen. Um, air pen? Yeah. I don't know if it'll, it'll work. Um, we'll try it out. We'll yeah. share the results next week. Yeah. But we'll try it out, yeah. OK. We'll give it a try. I think it'll work. I mean, what could go wrong? 
there's no retraction <laughs> here, right? It's just yeah. I think the three jeweler is a three millimeter. Uh, I don't oh. know about the newer ones. It might be one seven five, but maybe you folks know. Let let them know. Yeah. Oh. Uh, where do I find PT uh, PTFE one seven five tube for the Taz four? So you just search um, PTFE one seven five tube on Alibaba. AliExpress. Or AliExpress, yeah. and um, there should be a lot of links there for that. Yeah. Okay. We don't have a link because there's a lot no. of suppliers. Oh, actually, too, on their forms, on Lulzbot's forms, uh, they link directly to where they buy them from. Oh, that's that's nice. So it's right that. on their forms. Yeah. They're such a great company. Okay. Hopefully that helps. Uh, what printer did you use in the 3D printed custom keycaps project, oh, Pedro? Yes. So this was the Autodesk Ember 3D printer. Yeah, um, kind of pricey, but it's kind of pricey. Yeah. We just saw some really cheap ones on last week's show. It was a kit, but it was only like yeah. oh yeah, bring bucks. your own projector. Oh yeah, it was like yeah. three hundred dollars resin printer. You bring yeah, your yeah. own projector. Yeah. They're coming down to prices though. Pretty yeah. cool. Form Labs is is doing it up too. I would have used yeah. Form Labs if we had one. Yeah. So there you go. Step Chai, what's up, buddy? He wants to know what happened to the uh, the blower fan that you used previously. Uh, so Pedro used the Type A machines to print the castle that was this week's Time Ups Tuesday video. Are there any STL links for this one, Pedro? Yeah, so the designer who actually modified this uh, came up with a better design for the blower mount mm -hmm. than the one that I had made. Yeah. Uh, he never released the uh, STLs, but I did manage to grab them, so I'll just share the um, Fusion 360 files because I did have to make some modifications for it to fit okay. on the Pro. And actually the, the other one as well, the non-Pro, um, yeah. Type A machine, so uh, we'll just send you a 2014 model. Yeah. Okay. So I'll send that over to you in the comments. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's easier. Because then you can just download it at any yeah, file just, format that you want. Yeah. Step just file. Click on share file. Yeah. <laughs> that's What's it. Up? That's all the questions. Let's go ahead and guys, we'll answer your questions now. Pedro, you have a bigger screen. I can kind of, I can barely read the text up there. Okay. I have Avery's bad eyes. Tech is asking, uh, um, are we going to get the printer bot? Uh, simple V2 shop. Well, yes, we just got an email today. It looks like it's going to be delayed just a little bit. Just a little bit. I think <laughs> the end of, or the beginning fall? Yeah, somewhere around the end of fall. Yeah. Or beginning of fall is when we'll get um, them in. Uh, we might get them in a little bit uh, sooner, but that's when they're projected to, um, to launch, I yeah. believe. So stay tuned. Yes, we are going to take a look at those. One of the um, best uh, selling uh, printers that we got in the shop. Yeah. So yes, we will take a look at V2. Thanks for the um, comment. Uh, Avery's Tech. Un Schumann. And Schumann, thank you for the comment. What was the question, Peter? Next one is going to be from Ping Pong Training Videos. When will you do a video using a camera with your Pi 3 screen video uh, Octoprint? I kind of did one um, a couple weeks ago. It might have gotten buried with the many videos that we make. Mm. Uh, but I basically show you how to set up um, a camera, a Raspberry camera for your Octoprint rig, <laughs> like step-by-step -step how to install it using MJPEG Streamer. Um, so check that video out if you haven't seen it. Just search for Octoprint camera in our, uh, in our YouTube channel. Yeah, it's about a, a week or two ago. Yeah. Is there any possible way to use a smartphone display unit only display for the Raspberry Pi? I mean, if you could find a display driver that has HDMI or maybe that's talking through SPI, I think you could do it. Somebody's asking us to do robotic arms for the drone. That would be cool. So I did notice that somebody did figure out how to use the auxiliary buttons on your controller for your Phantom 4. So that is definitely something we're going to look into. But with flex sensors, yeah. I've seen somebody do that before. You had um, like gloves and then flex. Oh no, this is a separate question. Though. Oh. They're asking Oops. for a uh, Raspi-based robotic hand using flex sensors and a servo motor. That would be pretty cool. Wow. Yes. We need to do more robotics. <laughs> okay, now we're switching over to the Twitch chat. We haven't forgot about you. Um, yeah. This guy <laughs> needs advice. Um, on the N3D? On, on the N3D. What's your recommendation for a 3D print that works well with Octoprint? Oh, he needs to advance from his M3D. Oh, okay. uh, well, M3D works with Octoprint, uh, but any other printer uh, just depends on what your budget is. Um, yeah, what you're looking to do. Um, yeah, there's so many bots out there. I, I look. I, I recommended last night on the chat uh, for Ask Engineer. 
uh, look at the buyer guide from the buyer's guide from 3D Hubs. That'll probably narrow down your search because there's a lot of machines out there. But personally, um, I really like the Ultimakers. Yeah. Um, it's definitely um, just hit print, and walk away, okay. forget you even started a print, walk back, and it's like almost done. Yeah, it, <laughs> it so just well. works. Yeah. yeah, especially when um, like right now I'm printing pretty big parts, kind of. Mystery the the Flash Forge Creative Pro is a great choice as well. They yeah. they've really ramped down on price. Like it's like eight ninety nine on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of bad for us because we got it when it was uh, the price was higher. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It just depends on what you want to do. Yeah. I've um, heard good things Sigma, about Sigma. If you want to do dual printing, mm -hmm. um, if, a bigger bed for uh, dual printing. Yep. Go with the Sigma. If you want to go, if you don't mind, if you don't need a big uh, bed for dual printing, yeah. the Flash Forge uh, does NinjaFlex. Um, has a dual printing. Um, the Ultimakers, you know, a little bit more taller. Um, yeah. Bigger, uh, more uh, square space. Printerbot, simple metal. Did you say that one? Yeah, well, we're out of stock on those right now. Well, I mean, you don't have to get it from us. Yeah. Um, well, there's a new there's one coming one. out, so. Yeah. Um, we're in a we're in a pickle here. Yeah. Do we get new uh, ones? My recommendation, yeah, Ultimakers. You can use three millimeter or one seven five. Um, you can print the Cheetah Ninja Flex. Yeah. So there's and that. all sorts of other materials. Mm -hmm. The UX on it is excellent. Great lighting. Great lighting. Yeah, it's basically all softbox yeah. for your three uh, time lapses. Yep. Then there's some more low entry ones. I believe the Duplicator i3. There's so many reviews on that one. You know, take those and, and take a look. I haven't played with one, but uh, there's like 500 bucks for, for like what? A, a Duplicator i3. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's like 10 by 10. It I seems believe. to be mixed reviews. You either get a good one or not. It seems to be a, if it, again, it depends. Do you want to um, you know spend some time tweaking your printer? Or do you You're just want to hit do print that and walk away? Yeah, you, that's what. The, okay, there you go. Yeah, Persia i3. i3 looks yeah, awesome. That's yep. right. You get a lot of lots uh, of choices, man. It's hard yeah. for us to pick one. But uh, Apple Babies MC is saying that he tried the SnapFit Pie Girl 2 case worked great until the second time he closed it, it kind of broke the SnapFit stuff off. Uh, it says, "Oh well, I just got to print a normal case, I guess." Oh. <laughs> yeah. In YouTube chat, I see. Where can I get a driver board for my smartphone display that can give HDMI in for my Raspberry Pi? Um, I don't think we carry any. We may or we may not. Um, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. I always check eBay and Amazon for a display driver. More recommendations for the Duplicator i3. Actually, I think Chuck did some uh, review of it and did some modifications that made it like really good. Which one? Check that out. The Duplicator i3. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's lots of choices on there. Yeah. Uh, William Toll is saying that he just downloaded Fusion 360 and is going to try to learn it over the weekend. Great, yeah. Awesome. Uh, there's a lot of tutorials out there. Check out the uh, their YouTube channel, which is yeah. just Autodesk Fusion 360. And I also have a, a yeah, playlist, playlist called Lair by Lair that, that shows you some, some of the UI stuff and uh, some techniques. Um, can you make a Raspberry Pi mini handheld notebook with the Pi 3? I mean, we kind of did already. Uh, use the Pi 2, but it, it has the same form factor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we, somewhere we over there. We will revisit that. Uh, there's a lot of projects yeah. that we got to revisit. Yeah, because the new Pi's. Yeah. I don't know okay. where it went. <laughs> Beginner's Tech saying that he can vouch for the Duplicator i3. It is a very good printer. Awesome, yeah. Okay. Check it out. It has a pretty big uh, printing space as well for the price. So, yeah. Cool. Check that out. All right, well, Pedro, we're running over an hour, and oh. I haven't done community makes, so oh, we're going to have that. to we're we'll gonna do, do that next week, yeah. week, guys. A lot of great projects, but uh, we're just out of time, man. Sorry. All right, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> Every Thursday, 3D Hangouts. Yeah, don't forget, if you want to support the show and pick up some stuff to bring your projects to life, Wearable, we'll get you 10% off. Wearable Pi. Wearable Pi, That's yeah. coupon code. Cool. Give us a thumbs up if you like the videos. Yep. What keeps us going here? That's right. Give us a share and definitely comment if you have any more questions. Yeah. We will round those up and answer them next week. That's right. Okay, cool. And don't forget the shows, all the shows on the Adrian channel. There's a lot of them. Uh, we do a show and tell on Wednesdays. Asking Jerry is a full hour of Lamar and Phil, um, Raspberry Pi, Arduino, new products, and more. Top secret stuff they're all working on. Yeah. Very cool. Check out Colin Cunningham. 
Pseudorandom. He's been working on Got some really new episodes. Got a really cool episode coming up for next week. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yep. Magnets. Magnets. <laughs> That's cool. Always check out Tony, Tony D's, D's killing desk. it. He's, he's coming out with so many streams. I think he does three now a week mm-hmm. on um, Mondays and Fridays, right? Yeah. But sometimes uh, random. Like, and uh, Wednesdays now, I believe, as well. So yeah. definitely check out Tony D's desk. Quick look at Raspberry Pi. Deep, deep dives, dives into, into code, software, yeah. awesome stuff, Python and more. And of course, uh, Lady Ada is doing a new series, uh, sort of behind the scenes of how they came up with uh, Circuit Playground. Yeah, so and this partnered is a, up with uh, DigiKey. DigiKey, yes. Components, yeah. And a uh, very cool interview Maker you guys should check out. Good stuff. And very That's cool, right. yeah. Okay. All the shows more throughout the week. I think we're coming out with like 20 videos a week here at yeah. Adafruit. So it's easy for videos to get buried and whatnot. Yeah. So. <laughs> so definitely just sign up, subscribe. For, yeah, uh, for notifications. Yeah, check daily. There's always a video or two a day on That's there. Right. Cool. Keep on printing. Good luck, everybody, with your maker endeavors. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time. See Bye, everybody. See you. Thank you.